Welcome to the Dynasty Think Tank. I am Chad Parsons. He is Jordan McNamara. We share our research, experience, and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek elite results. Big thoughts for the week, and we are getting closer to the offseason, which means these quarterbacks especially, but all players, we talked about uh, a couple different players on the the pre-show, the after-hours discussion there on the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank, but we're going to discuss quarterbacks here in this segment because... We're going to see some play tectonics shifting for what we could see in startup drafts in January, turning the page over to the offseason because there's been some quarterbacks that have not hit expectation, whether that was known uh, or or projected uh, with some situations going sideways on them. But whether it's coaching changes, scheme changes, added talent, uh, investing in profiles, but it's interesting to see how the market is moving, especially at quarterback where we get so many data points, Jordan. Yeah, and this whole segment just spawned from a conversation that we just had sort of yeah, before our recording session about uh, about uh, Mahomes and about really Justin Herbert. Uh, and you and I are both looking at the stats for for Herbert this just this week. Uh, and I just went back and I looked at the the past three weeks as well. Um, he has the second best PFF grade over the past six uh, over the past three weeks, behind only Dak Prescott. Uh, and during that time period is doing so with a 6.0 yards per attempt. Uh, and you're like, how is that even possible? 16.5% of his throws have been dropped, which is just an absurd number, right? You look at that number, it's like eight or nine is like a, is like a really high number uh, during the season. You're looking almost double that right now and just the stretch that he's in. Um, I, I wonder, and again, they were, they had, six points against new England. Right. Um, and by the way, covered a five and a half point spread by only scoring six points, which is just absolutely crazy. Uh, when, when you think about that, but you look at this profile and you're like, okay, is it going to slide, um, and cost? And if it does, like it's a classic buy profile, it hasn't really slidden yet, which is interesting to me. Um, he's still over at our friends over at fantasy Cal Kevin at quarterback five, um, that probably has to do with the fact that Burroughs hurt, right? Lamar Jackson is below him as well. Um, and you just haven't gotten people elevate above him. I do think there's going to be maybe not necessarily in like the existing quarterback market, but if you have early picks, like I think Herbert's going to be a guy that's going to be gettable. Um, the other one too is like Mahomes. Mahomes just led to quarterback three at, at fantasy calc. Um, uh, you know, I think that there's some, um, I, I kind of wonder how that number is derived um, would be my question with that. Uh, but um, if that's true, I don't think necessarily in a startup draft, it's going to change too much in terms of like the outright ordering. It probably means he's more gettable in some trades, which I think will be make for a really interesting offseason. Well, and especially, I mean, we always talk about different iterations. And just imagine, though, if you're sitting at 103, uh, the cost to move up to two might be minimal. The cost to move up to one might be minimal. Uh, and having outs of saying, I can, you know, depending on how one and two go, you can trade to three and still have another chance to get him a home share in that situation. So I always look at that because, you know, getting the random draw in a startup and getting one, two or three, 25% odds in a 12 teamer. Uh, previously, we were thinking, you know, Mahomes or Allen at one or two, you know, you'd love to have both of them. We did some builds like that in 2020. 
uh, three as well. But we always think in terms of that. And so if you if if you're able to trade to three and Mahomes is a possibility as the draft goes, you know, and and again, Hertz being that high, we 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 also talked in our private conversation just about the rushing upside. You know that that is something that can tilt. Uh, you know how people are going to draft up there with the young with the young and and profiled quarterbacks. But Jalen Hurts is one that, you know, you look at Allen, you look at Mahomes, some of these other quarterbacks that I don't have quite the same warm fuzzies that you project five years out, which it's a crazy number to say like that. But when you're saying cornerstone, high first investment in a startup draft and Superflex dynasty, I mean, you want to have that type of prism with that investment that you are paying at the most important and most critical cornerstone position. So um, I, I would like to have warm fuzzies more than I do with Jalen Hurts if I'm spending that price tag. And it's not a, well, I got squeezed out of everything. I've not been able to trade and I'm sitting at 108, you know, like that's a different conversation to have. But when you're saying Hurts is moving ahead of Mahomes, uh, I, I talked about some random draft a couple of years ago when it was like, you see Mahomes and uh, and Trey Lance go side by side in the first round of a startup draft, those types of scenarios. It really is like, I, I'm already getting excited about this Jordan, because I mean, there's so many quarterback profiles that look like just the easy button. We talk about uh, quarterback and wide receiver. The market will just give you options every single off season. You just have to sit there and take them. Yeah, for sure. And I, I look at the the situation too. How can this how can this scenario change of these top three guys? I think Jalen Hurts is extremely susceptible to a to a downturn. Right. When you look at, at his about how he scores, right? Twelve of his rushing touchdowns, uh twelve of his touchdowns have been rushing touchdowns. Uh nine of those, nine point, of those twelve touchdowns have been one yard rushing touchdowns. And if there's one rule that could change in the off season that is talked right. about being changed that could drastically impact one of the top three quarterbacks in dynasty. It would be the, the rule that would remove the nine rushing touchdowns from one yard out, right? That, that point blank tush push brotherly. He's, shove. Like, he's like the Mike, Mike Tolbert of the, or, or Jerome Bettis of the quarterback position to plunge Absolutely. in from one yard out. Right. Absolutely. And, and if that's rule is going to change, I think his scoring profile is going to uh, meaningfully change, right? And I think, yeah. And and do you want right to just beyond that, right? Even if that rule stays in place, do you want a quarterback to take that level of punishment uh, as much as he does, right? Consistently banged up, right? Again, it's highly valuable. You know, they they judge that is it's he, worth. Is he going to age like Cam Newton? You know, maybe not yeah. in an exact one to one ratio, but in his later 20s, is he going to essentially be like a 35 year old when you say some of the running back like, uh, you know, running through garbage and trash and basically doing squats versus a 700 pound defensive line wall that they're trying to work their way through, whether they ban the play or not. I mean, it it just feels like one of those career arc spikes of how long does that last? And then the coming off of that other side of the mountain can be pretty severe. Right. The other thing too, we discussed before we, we came on and we're just, we're just kind of kicking around like who uh, like Mahomes is basically having his worst fantasy year at quarterback nine. Right. Yeah. If you, if you put any other quarterback out there, right. And it was a quarterback that has scored zero rushing touchdowns, by the way, Mahomes has zero rushing touchdowns, 331 rushing yards, but zero rushing <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, there's no one yeah, really in the league that 
you know, with it could produce that level of passing with that quality of of supporting cast, right? I have a really hard time seeing that. You know, maybe Allen, but I think Allen he's going to just run more, right? Like I think that would be kind of his bailout. Um, so I, I just it's it's a testament to how durable that profile is. Again, and it fits like he's within. 0.8 points of in just standard scoring of quarterback five right so it isn't a meaningful difference in terms of that he's been a top six guy every year like there's a real good chance that he still finishes in that top six like it's you know a point away basically um you know but i, I just think like if people you know that and but the difference between that point could make uh, a difference in fields between five and nine and if that's going to cause some discount in the market, like that's a pretty interesting, like you can already see the narrative in the off season where it's like, Oh, he finished his quarterback nine. Um, and you know, he's, you know, it, with this supporting cast, like he can't, you know, he can't support a high level thing. Like the, the whole narrative that was created after Tyreek Hill left, you could see that happening again. Uh, and I am all for it, right? I want that to happen. I'm a strong proponent of any uh, narrative that's going to tear down Patrick Mahomes' price. One thing, one thing I think keep thinking about, because the one wild card player, in my opinion, that let's play out a world where he was healthy for even eight weeks straight to begin this season. And if that happens next year, I think you're going to have a lot of outs to do Anthony Richardson going to Mahomes, Anthony Richardson going to Allen. And the plus might not be a lot. And so just again, posit a world where Richardson, I, I played it out based on like how many quarters he played because he had the partial games and all that kind of stuff. He was basically QB one, you know, when you looked at on a per prorated out and again, that's dangerous stuff, but it shows the rushing upside of what he was doing. And if you transpose that over to 2024 Indianapolis Colts, how could there not be a world where you can go straight over, or maybe it's Herbert plus maybe it's straight over to Mahomes if they didn't, add a ton of weapons. What if Kelsey retires? Like there's so many things that could go and make this a legitimate stepping stone move that sounds crazy now. And it would have sounded even crazier in June to say that within the next 24 months, you're going to get an opportunity to go from Richardson to Mahomes. And you'll be surprised what that spread is or is not. So uh, that that's the one scenario in the places where I have Richardson that actively you know next september next october if this plays out this way that that's going to be one of those you spend your time and attention on a move like that uh where you have the opportunity to do so um the other one other thing i wanted to say is, is on justin herbert uh, that he's just one of my guys in terms of you mentioned the price has not really moved on him but i think it's going to be very easy unless he pops back up you said you know the pff scores they like him you know all that like he he is so durable when you look at things like this year or even career uh the big time throw ratio i mean he's almost at 2.0 for his career which is a, to have a 2.0 season is pretty rare but it's more of that intrinsic how are you playing beyond the fickle touchdowns and interceptions of batted balls and wide open guys and all of that. So, I mean, his underlying data of, are you good is really good. And it just strikes me not to this urban Meyer, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence derailing him to start his career level. It just feels toxic. I can't, I don't know what's going on again. When you see the talent that they have acquired on defense and how bad they are on defense. When you say that they have good players on offense or the prospect of a good combination of players, 
and they are underwhelming to this degree with having one of those alien quarterbacks, there has to be something going on below the surface. You have to pull up the comforter and say, where are the bed bugs? They're ha- like, and I hope they clean house. I don't know how many guys that are going to get fired, how much turnover uh, for the, the franchise, but I think the Chargers are going to be one of, again, people have said that this year, last year, I get it. But you start removing coach, front office, whatever other things, trainers, I don't know. But I know <laughs> that Keenan Allen is great. Justin Herbert is great. Austin Eckler is great. And they lost Mike Williams. I get that slow career start for uh, Quentin Johnson. I get all that. But man, there's no way you score six against the Patriots. You go into this quagmire of non-points on the board. When you say and sit here and say for a month that Justin Herbert has played pretty well, it hasn't been that bad of a season in general. I I can't believe that you just play this scenario straight up and the Chargers are this bad has to be something else going on. And I can't, the fa- fast forward button to the off season for the Chargers can't get here soon enough. Yeah, with you. Surprisingly, they've been a surprising disappointment. And yeah, there's going to be changes, right? There will be, you know, and and specifically at wide receiver. I mean, uh, Mike Williams and uh, Keenan Allen count for like over $65 million of cap. <laughs> it's nutty. Like, yeah, it's, those it's escalator, escalators, it's, right? Yeah, it's incredible. So like, you're going to see, I think, changes there. Um, as well, you know, so it'll be, it'll be an interesting, and again, his coaching staffs and, and, you know, one thing we talked about, we actually talked about on our after hour show, which went for like an hour this week. Um, I think it's, it's really wild to see that uh, Mike McCarthy uh, in terms of his performance in Dallas, right. He actually gets rid of Kellen Moore widely criticized for that move. Uh, and you know, a lot of people sort of wrote Mike McCarthy off as being some dinosaur, right? That was actually a quote that I retweeted said people called him a dinosaur. Um, he has been vindicated, right? In the way of like his offense performing right in the, in his mind's eye of like how good it should be on top of the fact that Kellen Moore has actually, you know, this has been a disappointing uh, offense for the chargers. When I think a lot of people thought that that move was the chargers getting the better end of that um, has not played out that way. So I, I think that that whole thing has been interesting. Again, they do feel like things have gone bad there and it, it doesn't feel like it's Justin Herbert's fault, right? Whatever, whatever the, the reason is, it doesn't feel like it's a Justin uh, Herbert poor performance. And you would think like that kind of bounces back next year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so again, exciting times as we go towards uh, off season, uh, potentially joining a startup draft, getting those early data points. And uh, again, we, we say it all the time, but, but quarterback and some of these pass catching positions, it, it really, there are easy buttons, you know, as we go through in terms of profiles and they're just, they're just giving you stuff. The fact that uh, Dak, Dak Prescott is having the season he's having, and yet we might be in the same position of you can get him in the late first, early second of a startup draft uh, because everyone's going after shinier objects, younger objects. And it's like Dak feels like over the next five years, he's just going to be that easy button in startup drafts. There's a ceiling on him. There's a, you know, just do not pass go, do not click $200, do not go past this line of demarcation that the market will not cross. He's, he's passed the 30-year-old Rubicon, I guess his upside until this year or until cross sections of certain seasons, he has not done enough for long enough. And it just feels like the, the market has passed him by. Doesn't run enough, uh, isn't flashy enough, whatever. 
Um, and it just feels like he's perennial, perennially now going to be one of our guys because if the market hasn't moved as much, it, I mean, the fact that he's not discussed as one of the elite options now means he never will be. Basically, um, all right. Let's uh, let's discuss Patrick Mahomes in a trade. Uh, I wanted to get saucy this week, so I found a Patrick Mahomes and C.J. Stroud construction here. So, uh, Jordan, we have Mahomes. Did you get enough for C.J. Stroud? A 24 first and a 25 second. I like CJ Straub and I'm taking Mahomes, right? Again, you're you get you know exactly what you're getting with Mahomes, right? Straub's been awesome, arguably a, you know, a top two or three quarterback uh rookie season in in you know uh recent Recently. memory for sure. Um I don't want Adam, I don't want Adam Harstead to fact check me in terms of all time. <laughs> Auto Graham, you should have seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been really, really good in terms of that. Um, but I, I'm still taking Mahomes, right? The seal, you know, the, the ceiling is, is extremely high. We know that, um, this pick you presume it's probably, um, middle of the round. It's not, this doesn't feel like it's probably a one-on-one pick in terms of valuation. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely taking Mahomes. How does it sit with you when you're going to see a startup, startup drafts? you know, probably plenty in the off season that Stroud is going, you know, say 104, 105 of a startup draft. Do you think he cra- He probably cracks top three in, in a fair amount of them, right? How right? does he like, crack top three? You think he, you think he finds a way to go over a, a Hertz, uh, Mahomes or Allen, right? Like, yeah, he, I doubt it. That, well, he, that, that think piece will be out there at some point. Like we will, sure. we will hear that think piece. I you gotta get, gotta get young at quarterback. Gotta get young at quarterback. Right. Yeah. That, that I can already see that narrative coming out. Um, and again, that's a, it's a player that we love. I like, I might even like him more than you. you do. Uh, I, I, I would just be, do. yeah, I would just be, you know, cautious in terms of like one year. And it's and, not that I don't like him here. Uh, just to clarify what I don't like is the presumption and attached cost. I think there should be just a little more pause and can we just please slow down? And that's why I, I thought the the kind of capper to the conversation, the short little conversation let, that we're having is when you're saying, well, he's QB4, QB5, and that's what you have to pay in a startup draft. That's where I start having problems. Mm-hmm. I don't have problems with CJ Stroud's success track. I don't have problems with CJ Stroud and how he looks coming out of year one, but I do have problems when you all of a sudden now it's not, I paid 104 in a rookie draft. I now have to trade what for him. And now I have to draft him as like potentially a guy I traded up for, or I was so close to Mahomes and yet I quote unquote settled for Stroud. Right. Cause here it's a first and a second. And yet here in a startup draft, you might be looking at that's one Oh three versus one Oh four or one Oh two versus one Oh four or five. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. that doesn't cost a future first. It shouldn't, you know, to move, to move that little in a startup draft. Right. Right. So yeah, I would I would cash in. This is exactly why you, we talk about this all the time. Why you save your picks, right? Save your exactly. picks for something worthwhile. Right. <laughs> to get aliens. Yes. You get an alien by cashing in a first and you happily do that. I remember I cashed in to get a Mahomes and Allen uh uh pairing. I cashed in picks. And you know what? That pick uh that I cashed was like it's going to be 104 or something. I would do it 10 times out of 10 again. Mhm. Just because now I have that pairing and you guys can, you can figure out all these rookies and and go ahead. And I'm just going to keep cashing checks and I'm going to have those two quarterbacks for quite some time and I'll figure out the rest. Yep. All right. Uh, and uh, 
another trade here. Uh, let's stay with quarterback. We've got Trevor Lawrence uh, in the news this week. Ankle that may not be as serious as his first thought. Thought maybe fantasy season uh, over for him. Who knows? Uh, maybe it's only a week. Maybe it's not even that uh, based on the wide range of outcomes that we're seeing early on this week. But we have Trevor Lawrence for Brock Purdy and a 24 first. This begs the question of like, what do you, again, this picks probably later. Um, but at some point we need to have like a, a thorough in-depth conversation about what Trevor Lawrence is. Um, and, you know, we were promised a really, really good prospect. Right? And I, I think especially in a year where there's going to be good rookie quarterbacks coming out, right. It's, it's widely presumed to be a good quarterback class. When that is the case, I think you have to be, you know, real honest with yourself about what does that mean? Does that mean elite ceiling or does that mean like bus risk is low? And I think, you know, with Lawrence, I think the bus risk, it was that the, the, the miss for me, I thought the odds of him missing were pretty low. Um, I did not see an elite ceiling. Right. And that is what has come to fruition. I think with him, I mean, he's been good. Uh, I think he's maybe underperformed. Right. I think maybe some of that's supporting cast, right? Some of that's probably some flukiness as well. Um, but I don't see like a top three fantasy season, right? That's not what well, I look see. Well, look who he has. And here's the thing, uh, just to highlight, because you 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 talk about things like, you know, ceiling. And when we say, like, can you finish at QB1? Can you finish in the top three or top five? Here's the problem with just anointing a bunch of guys that you say can do it. So Lawrence has to beat some combination of Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Burrow, Dak. If you even want to throw Tua in there, Kyler Murray Ertz, with his yeah. rushing, Ertz, uh, Hertz, uh, CJ Stroud. He has to beat almost all of those guys. Right. Right. Dak Prescott. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to finish top five, Anthony Richardson, if he's running around next year. So the point is like, you have to beat most of them. Mm-hmm. And he like, he seems like the classic in five years, you're going to wake up. Jacksonville's won a bunch of games, but you might look up and he has a lot. He has plenty of seasons from QB six to QB 14. And you really do have to ask yourself floor versus ceiling. How much impact did that make? Mm-hmm. And we're not here to sit here and say, the only thing that matters is can you finish at QB one overall? But what we're saying is you need to at least have, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to encapsulate a lot of ceiling at quarterback if that if your season finishes QB ten, I mean, how many top two or three weeks could you have had? Right. Right. So I mean, you you have to be behind the eight ball on that. And he's so he's not a runner, and he's one that frankly you watch the games and it's not about shredding people. It's more about win the game. That's right. a great NFL trait. He's probably going to be starting in the NFL, like you were saying. Like you're you're increasing the floor, where he he's probably going to be starting in eight to ten years, but still. What's the upside? Right. Valid, valid, valid question. Yeah. And this is basically aging out. They're not aging out. Right. Right. And that's the, that's the problem. I think the top of the position is really good. still mid career. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not, um, you know, the, the bottom, the bottom quarter, uh, we could say is pretty weak. Um, but the, the top, quarter i think is is stacked and not aging right we're, we this isn't a you're taking brady who's 36 at quarterback four right that's that's not what's happening and breeze right and rivers and roethlisberger and, at that right, age or whatever yeah right right or, or rogers in his mid-30s like that's not what's going on right now 
Um, and so I do think it kind of makes, it makes it tougher. Like, and honestly, you look at Lawrence right now, like this is maybe his best three game fantasy stretch of his career quarterback two, like right there with, um, you know, behind Dak Prescott, but in there with like, uh, Hertz and Purdy and, and, and Allen and some other guys in there, um, in terms of points over the last like couple of weeks. Um, uh, so, you know, so you look at that and you're like, okay, that's, that's, that's good. But again that hasn't been sustained is is the thing that i think that um you got like, and it's just you... a, it's a warning to anyone drafting in rookie drafts thinking hey i'm getting an elite option what are you measuring that as right is that an elite floor is that a is that are you reducing your miss rate or are you trying to get an elite ceiling player because those ceiling players especially with the the scope of the run the quarterback position right now really really hard to uh, make that case yeah and and you can talk about it in a historical vacuum, but it's also important to discuss things like this of like, well, he's got to overtake some of these guys. And mm-hmm. so if it's a really tough position to crack, you may be disappointed because Trevor Lawrence is successful early on. However, you look up and it's like, well, he's got a couple of, you know, barely getting into the top 12 finishes for 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 seasons. And it's like, well, you know, I could have got that for far cheaper. It could be your could ultimately be your take. So the payoff comes years from now, but yet if you never got the ceiling, that combination is going to definitely leave a sour taste in your mouth. Unless you use Lawrence again as someone to always be looking with a side eye of saying, "Can I get you know someone like the moment Allen you know gets hurt or uh, goes through a tough stretch, Mahomes same thing applies or Herbert like you're looking to transition, you're looking to move up." and uh, uptick with what you think those upside equations are. That's what the function of a player like Lawrence ultimately could be as an asset. Yes. All right. Uh, well, so back to this trade. We discussed Lawrence in depth for five minutes. Do you remember the trade? Now we, should, now we got to discuss Brock Purdy in depth. There you go. That's a whole um, show. Brock Purdy. Uh, you know, that's the, that's the interesting part. Like, what do you believe him to be? And if you're betting against, like, if you're putting Lawrence on one side and our kind of, working premise on him is good player, maybe very good player, probably not a lead option, but a long-term player um, versus Purdy who, yeah, I do think in the next year or so, you're going to kind of wonder, well, if you pay him, you're going to lose this huge edge that you have in terms of being able to pay Kittles and, uh, and Debo's and uh, McCaffrey's and Iukes, right? You start to see a bit of what happened to Dak Prescott kind of mid career, which was, okay, you got this really successful day three pick at quarterback, uh, but then you have to pay him. And as a result of paying him, you actually lose, you know, they lost Amari Cooper. Basically, it was kind of like their big trade off in that. Um, but then Dak circles back and you've got CD Lamb rookie contract and you've got Jake Ferguson providing plus EV and yep. things look a lot better. Right. And and his contract now it looks more reasonable relative to the rest of the position, right? He's not paid as one of the top you know, five guys in terms of uh, average average cost per year. So it becomes like it goes in a cycle, right? Um, I, I kind of that's my concern about Purdy. Um, and you know, do you do you think do you think he's going to get a year or two from now? And let's again, it's really tough to say he's going to s- still produce the way he's producing. Mm-hmm. But if he's even remotely in this conversation, do you think like it's like oh yeah he. He's like, I should be paid $50 million a year. <laughs> like, it's really wild, like, the range of outcomes on this contractually, 
but the range of outcomes on, you know, that's Kittle at 32 years old, you know, that's Debo at 29 years old at that point. I'm just, you know, McCaffrey's at what, 30 at that point. Mm -hmm. Like it could be a very much a different team where those guys I just mentioned, maybe one or two aren't even on the team. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about. Right. I think at the cost of like a mid first round pick, I think the the long-term security of moving from Purdy to Lawrence I think is probably worth making, right? That yeah. that would be my analysis there. And just in terms of like assets. And again, that's not even a, I love Trevor Lawrence thing. I kind right. of think about like in, in, if I want to make a acquisition of, of, um, of, of Herbert or of, of one of those top five guys, we'll call them. Right. I think I'm much closer getting there with, with Trevor Lawrence. And if I was yes. paying one Oh, six through 110 or you know 105 through whatever like in that sort of range of the position i think i'm much better off if i take if i just sort of pay that price right now on purdy and go out and get um trevor lawrence especially if this cost is down because of um you know you've lost uh or quote unquote you know we, we're not really sure how how much we're going to lose with trevor lawrence but if that is influencing this cost right they have a must win is. game they have a must win game they think they might be without right. lawrence for the rest of their season, however long that lasts. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that when you kind of look at it through that lens, um, this is probably a discount on him and I would probably, I would go that route. Yeah. I, and and I think when you look at Purdy and the, the, the heater he's on, you know, especially with gaining sample size, this is a perfect time to try to work your way up the board, you know, for, you know, is that for Dak? Is that for, uh, you mentioned Lawrence with the insulation factor, uh, you know, is that Burrow with his injury? I mean, you have, you have options there that, like you said, it's, it's worthwhile. This is what firsts are for insulate yourself at a critical position, um, that the, the runway is, you know, five to 10 years, a lot of times in these cases. And it really is, you know, the more we're talking about this, the more I view it as, I mean, we were really in a glorious zone where it is have and have nots. I mean, there's a bunch of teams in the NFL that are just flapping in the wind, like a, like a, uh, an old flag at quarterback. And this is a real tough time for them, but there's a cross section of the league that we just talked about. They're like 30 and under it's vibrant. Uh, they're all primed up profiled and it's a great time to have two of those guys on your, on your super flex team for sure. Um, even if it isn't the, the combination of, of, uh, Mahomes and Allen. And we got one more. Um, and we actually saw, I think in one of our dual leagues, we saw an iteration of this league, uh, of this trade, excuse me. But basically the construction is somewhere in the vein of Kieran Williams for Jonathan Taylor. This one happened to be uh, Kieran Williams and Chris Godwin for Jonathan Taylor. I think we saw, uh, I saw in the league we're in together that it was straight up. But what do you think about Kieran Williams, Kieran Williams plus for Jonathan Taylor, that construction? You and I have talked about this. It's probably been uh, on deeper dive or uh, after hours. Um, I, I can't get over the fact that uh, a subsized running back who's calling card in college was a pass blocker, you know, <laughs> pass block skills at Notre Dame is a full on every down bell cow running back in the yeah. NFL. I just yes. can't. Your, again, your, your small running back slander of like, this will not sustain. What are you doing? This is ridiculous. Kieran Williams is throwing all that into the fan for you. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I can't. And again, he's already been banged up, but again, you're, you're looking at another guy who's been banged up at Jonathan Taylor. Like I, I look at this and I'm like, all right, who's the guy that, that I, I am, um, I feel like the best about his profile. Like this, this trade could look horrendous week four next year. Right. Oh yeah. Like, like that would be, that's my reason I'm taking Taylor. Um, 
And yeah, I, I just kind of like look this at is that. A big like, su- this is a big suck up though, in terms of you want to talk about player. Kieran Williams moves the needle for the rest of this season when healthy. Now, right. here's the problem though. And I say this phrase a lot, deal with the devil, because this is a true deal with the devil. When Jonathan Taylor just got paid, running backs don't get paid. He got paid. He has pedigree. He's been a workhorse. He has the exact size you want. He's got Richardson coming back. Colts, in my opinion. I mean, the fact that they're able to sustain and maintain what they're doing uh, this year, be playoff viable and all this, I think it po- po- it posts them very well for next year. And especially if you you could say they're going to build on what they have. Kieran Williams, like you said, not a lock to be the week one starter next year. Uh, you know, the best of what they have this year. You know, they're, they're making... Uh, ham sandwich out of ham, you know, and like you said, sub-sized player, he just got dinged up. If he gets hurt this week, you were going to feel horrific about this trade. You're trying to buy a title. Frankly, he's one of the few players that could, could buy you a title. You know, he's like a walking 20 point per game guy. Right. Um, But it just feels like a a candle that could burn out at any moment. And I'm sure at some point next season, during the regular season, you will feel like you rub this trade all over your face. Trade picks for him, right? Like instead of trading Taylor, trade picks, right? That would be, you know, if you want to give up, uh, if you're trade a your late, team and trade you, your late first. Yeah. I'd much rather do that than trade Taylor, right? right? Like that, that's the, that again, like, and I'm not even necessarily like, I don't love those types of trades. Like yeah. if you're going to do that, like explore the most market, right? Like if you're going to, if you're kind of going to, and I talked about this actually at football in a football guys article this week, or la, I guess last are. week now, um, they'll blend together when you're in week 13 or 14 or whatever <laughs> week we are in, um, you know, go into that market and look, cause there's, there is an actual, um, you know, have you shopped for Kamara, right? Like, have you sort of done that due diligence? Because there's a, a there's maybe like a handful of guys, literal handful, maybe six or seven that you feel good about being like long-term starters at running back. And then there's a, a variety of different profiles, right? Some of the younger, some of the, um, like the mid career guys or the later career guys versus guys like, um, you know, guys like Kyron Williams, who, you know, low pedigree, not, not super highly thought of, but in really, really good situations, you have a bunch of like different profiles right now that can be scoring options for contenders. I would just sort of encourage that as a look around, as opposed to just sort of trading Jonathan Taylor. Um, and again, this is why you have picks, right? You have picks so you can sort of, you can solve a problem like this. And also, like I was just thinking, you were mentioning some older running backs, you know, uh, Alvin Kamara. I would even put Derrick Henry in there. I was, and I was thinking, you put the running backs like that, so much older. I would still make those favorites of how many games left in their career beyond 2023 of 15 plus touches. And I would put Kieran Williams behind all those guys. Mm-hmm. James Conner, like I put him behind all of them because I just don't believe, like, it reeks of a season that enjoy it while you got it, you know, but be very careful. Um, and this is the opposite of being careful. Like someone literally walked up and, and again, I've seen multiple trades this week, essentially of Taylor for Kieran Williams. And that is beyond short-sighted. Yes. That's playing DFS. You literally Correct. are trading DFS shares. Correct. Correct. Um, and, and like, there's a chance that Jonathan Day was back week 15. Right. Like there's a, there's yep. a chance that that, you know, week 15, week 16, whatever, like there's a chance that you get meaningful play from him in the, in the playoffs. So I would just, you know, uh, I would just be careful on that. Yeah. You have outs that he's going to be playing in what week 16. Yeah. You know, I mean, and if you have a buy that honestly is your next most important game. Right. So, yeah. And, and like you said, the next injury, 
with Kieran Williams could be when the bottom falls out of his starting opportunities and glaringly so. Correct. All right. I uh, got a quick lesson uh, from life and dynasty blending things together. Um, and I had so much, so much of a range of emotions uh, over the last week or so. Um, I competed in a nationals category one level tennis tournament, which essentially for if folks aren't familiar, you literally could have been someone that played on the tour and you're like my age now. Um, so I knew it was just going to be a bucket list thing. I go into it. I have a positive attitude of this is just going to be, it's going to be fun. I'm going to get to play with people that I, they would never say yes if I asked them. And for some reason, I actually got depressed when it, when it was over because I, I went around and then I got throttled. And then <laughs> there was a bunch of defaults because people don't like to play the constellation. And then I got throttled again. Um, and, and I, I got to play a practice match against somebody and I, you know, I, that was actually probably my best match, but for some reason I got depressed because I was like, you can get in your little bubble and realize, you know, and think that you're better at something than you are. And you realize there's an entire world of millions and billions of people. Mm -hmm. And when you consolidate it down, and I think the equivalent would be, you know, like if you say, oh yeah, I really love movies or trivia or whatever. And then you go to like a big trivia event and you finish like last and you're like, mm -hmm. well, I'm not like, not even, you know, or you're like, oh, I'm a fast runner. And then you go and you do a, a 10K and you finish 74th, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, or if you go, you know, just to anything like that, you're like, I'm really into comic books. And then you go to Comic-Con, you're like, I'm not even close. <laughs> like, right. like yeah, I just don't understand. So it was kind of that for me. And I, I did have a nice conversation with someone today that, you know, and, and she plays national events and, you know, she's very competitive at her age and all that stuff. And it just, there's so many levels for anything. And it kind of got me thinking about dynasty and the fact that whatever your result is coming up, you know, we talk about process versus results. And I think the process and the why you do something is really important. Like, I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to speak for you, Jordan, but I don't think your goal is to be the best cyclist in the world or that that's like within the range of outcomes. And that's not your why. Like there's like a lot of physical things when you're old like we are or mm -hmm. older old enough that we're not kids anymore that you're doing things and it has to go beyond like like this is how i get my self-worth like my self-worth is tied up into having a good ride or a run today or to have a new personal best lift or uh you know if you do crossfit or whatever it is and i i think the why has to go beyond like overt tangible measured success it has to go beyond that because if it doesn't, then I think it's going to be tough for you to sustain that. And I think in Dynasty, the 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 connection here is going to be your results over the next three to four weeks. Don't decide. And I know on the bottom line with ROI and profit, and you'd love to make, you know, you know, love to five extra money and win every league. And but just know that head to heads and going through the playoff machinations of a bracket. And being the best team in the regular season or the highest total points, it doesn't guarantee you anything, just like March Madness or the NFL playoffs. Like it just gives you a chance. And maybe you don't have to win as many games or whatever, but just don't tie your self worth to one specific team in one specific league and view that if you don't win that league or get to the finals or whatever, that that means you're not a good dynasty owner. 
because that's not the case. And it really is. And we're, we, we talk not enough, frankly, about portfolios and it's the aggregate. Am I doing better than my league mates? Am I doing better? Am I improving? And look for tangible ways to measure that. And just know that we're betting on outcomes with players and points and production with an oblong ball that now the weather is turning crazy <laughs> with, with, with wet balls and wind and snow and 20 degrees versus domes and backup quarterbacks and all this chaos theory. So just know that you're distilling all of that stuff down to this guy caught four balls instead of 10 and this other guy scored two touchdowns and I lost by 12 points. Just know you're distilling all that stuff in one week of saying, well, now I'm out of the playoffs and this team sucks and I suck. So please don't go down that, that line of thinking because I did have some dark moments of uh, this was supposed to be fun and I got throttled and I'm yeah. like, well, where, where am I like in life or with my tennis or whatever? And it really is just, it's just another data point. And it's honestly like, Hey, the fact that we have the financial means, the time means, the interest means the acumen of, again, some people just aren't, aren't good enough with analysis to stick with, you know, the, the stuff you need to do for dynasty or fantasy football or whatever. So just be, ask yourself the why of three or four different prongs of what does it stimulate in your mind? Does it enhance following the NFL, you know, and all these things. So make sure you have a few different things and it's not purely based on, I need to win this league and this team, because I think if it distills down to that, you're probably going to have a very hot and cold love and hate relationship with it this time of year. So just be very careful. And I would say, um, ask yourself about the why, and this is a good month to do so. Yeah, I totally hit that. You totally hit that on the head. And I'll, I'll just share one thing as well. Like same vein, we were having a discussion in the AOD group chat the other day. Um, some people were saying like, you know, I, I spend a lot of time and energy for a little payout. Um, ultimately, Dynasty is a hobby and you get together and meet people and talk to people that we would probably otherwise never meet. Uh, and you get to you get to do things right. And people have hobbies, right? You play tennis, I cycle, you know, people garden or ski or play chess or whatever. Dynasty is the interesting hobby in the sense of like, yes, you can, it can be a hobby, but it also is something you can make money at. Right. But don't lose the, don't lose the, the joy of it just based on one-off outcomes. Right. Because there's a lot more to it um, as an escape, as, as fun as, you know, if you were out, you know, in landscaping and spending, you know, all your money sort of doing that as a hobby, right. You're, you don't have the financial path. Like don't, don't sort of lose sight of the fun of it. Um, as, as you know, the holidays get here and, um, you know, you're playing one-off high variance events. Yeah. Yeah. One-off high variance events. <laughs> That's a really good phraseology of, of what this time of year ultimately is. And I would say if you, if you want a little less of that, Make sure you're you're getting in some leagues that maybe foster uh, more of a balanced, you know, better teams win more often uh, approach to the postseason because those are available and you can construct those um, in some private for uh, private leagues as well. Um, on the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank this week, you can find that over at patreon.com slash Dynasty Think Tank. Thanks so much for supporting us as we get through our first season uh, together on this platform, on this channel for producing content. And uh, Jordan already mentioned it. We had about an hour discussion uh, just going in a variety of directions, talking NFL. We actually talked some Mike Evans 
Evans, um, Hall of Fame wide receivers, uh, some of those things. And uh, you already mentioned uh, some of those topics that fed into our discussion early on in this show, talking about quarterback profiles, talking about uh, offseason, kind of where we're headed with some of this uh, profiling as well. Thanks so much for listening to Dynasty Think Tank this week. Follow us on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL and at McNamara Dynasty. Plus, we have our own Dynasty content streams. Jordan mentioned it, AOD. He has analyticsofdynasty.com, and I am uthdynasty.com. As always, unlock your ceiling and seek elite results.